0: And in it, finish of shot off the post, rebound, score. Paul Connor follows the puck off the iron, puts it into the goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvSportsNetwork.com.
1: Broken up from behind, intended for
0: Milano. Two on one for Vegas. Marciazzo on the left. Well, Smith got it to him. He scores
1: It's the last game of the NHL regular season, and we are looking forward to a heck of a pot of gold at the end of this 82-game ride with the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas needs a single point tonight to wrap up the Pacific Division and go in as the uh, the top seed if they can pull it off against the Seattle Kraken. That's what's at stake tonight in Seattle at Climate Pledge Arena on the last night for the Vegas Golden Knights, 15 games tonight, we're going to sort out a bunch of stuff in and around the National Hockey League, and first and foremost on our minds is with the Golden Knights with Jack Eichel back in the lineup, ready to go.
2: Yeah, Jack Eichel back in the lineup, Shea Theodore expected to go as well, Laurent Brossois gets the start for the Vegas Golden Knights, so you look at that if you are a Golden Knights fan. You want that tune-up for Jack Eichel. You want Shea Theodore back in and maybe shaking a little bit of the rust off going into the playoffs. So it's great news all the way around.
1: Well, what uh, kind of game do you expect? Because these are really hard to predict, to be quite honest. Uh, sometimes just players aren't engaged. Uh, the The weirdest bounces can occur uh, players uh, on the other team have uh, an effect they'll try things that they never would try uh, so this is uh this is an interesting matchup uh, for uh, two teams that still have a lot of sorting out to do as to where they're going to finish this season Seattle included
2: Yeah, I don't really know what I'm expecting in tonight's game. I know what I'd like to see. I'd like to see a game similar to what we got out of the Golden Knights on Tuesday. I thought they were really good, buttoned up, uh, did a lot of of things you'd like to see the Golden Knights kind of continue into their, their playoff run. So I'd like to see the Golden Knights kind of jump on the Seattle Kraken. There's an opportunity to win the division, to win the conference. You go out there and you seize that. You're looking to win. You're not looking for just a point. You're looking to win.
1: Are you guys at all like me where you factor in the fact that Vegas can afford to get out of this thing with an overtime or a shootout loss? So they only need the single point. Are you looking at this like they go into the game with a one nothing lead? And that's basically the score. Uh, so if they get uh, a lead in the early minutes or, or, or open the scoring, they ba- they're they basically up 2 nothing. Or are you watching the game like the uh, traditional result, like you would the other 81?
2: I I don't think that I'm going into this game. The last time you tried to put points on the board for the Golden Knights, it didn't go very well. No, but they're, they're, no, they're already, already on the board. Time I... the, the, the,
1: this time they're already on the board.
2: They're, they're not already on the Yes, they, they are. They, they, only the zero, the they, they only need a single point sure. out of the game.
1: They only need a single point out of the game. Follow my logic here. I'm with you. Yes. Thank you, Chapman. Oh, Chapman. I, I, no, no. Here, here's the thing, right? I could care less if they – as long as they get to overtime. Yes. I don't care if they win or lose. Just get, exactly. the, just get the point, and you're good. Exactly. So you basically start with a one nothing lead going into this game because all you need is that single point out of the result
2: okay no i i follow your logic i'm getting the math i still don't think that's the right way to approach the game
1: well that's the way i'm looking at it uh, and i'm excited about it because if they happen to open the scoring uh, or get a two-goal lead i'm like giddy up we got a bit of a cushion here uh you open the scoring with one you got a multi-goal advantage i'm riding this as long and as much as I can, you never get an opportunity to go into a situation like this. I'm not saying the players or the coaches or management is thinking that at all, but Joe fans sitting back and watching this game tonight because it's a national game. I'm looking at it uh, and and enjoying the only time that you can ever go into a game with uh, with an artificial uh, ad- advantage on the scoreboard, but a certainly cemented uh, edge. Uh, in, in real time when it comes to the standings, why wouldn't you embrace that and and just absolutely ride it all night long?
2: because I, I think you have to go into this game trying to win. I, no I no I'm not are talking are, about players. Like I already said that from...
1: not players I'm not talking about fans I'm not talking about management. I'm talking about us us enjoy it.
2: yeah I, I don't know I don't know I, 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 I don't I, I can't That's go the back
1: ultimate right. Scrooge angle right there.
2: I, not, I'm aware of that. I get it.
1: Not embracing
2: I, I, a lead, I, as as a lot of as a lot of people will say, and as I've seen multiple times throughout uh, the you know the the, the various clinch, clinching scenarios, you don't want to clinch by backing into it or losing but you get it because you got the point you want to win the game
1: i don't care you how they you want
2: to hit 51 wins you want to you want you want as a fan you want to tie the wins record from year number one you want to blow past the points record from year number one i think if, if you're a fan going into this one just saying you know what i only want the point it doesn't really matter anything else i'm not sure that that's where the fan base is everything else is gravy baby to win tonight
1: everything the wins record uh, the points everything everything else is gravy clinching first in the pacific that's that's the pot of gold. And you can revel in uh, a little extra stuff, for sure, and enjoy that. But uh, first and foremost, you've got an advantage going in, knowing that you only need the single point, and uh, you'll know uh, what's going on with the Vegas the Knights uh, game happening about an hour and a half after, uh, what's uh, going to occur between the Edmonton Oilers and the San Jose Sharks, so you have a little bit of a heads-up uh, on that. So uh, it's it, there's going to be... Uh, some some high drama tonight uh, whether you buy into my philosophy with chapman or you go uh, ball humbug and and play it like you could any other game uh like like uh ryan wallace this is this is a really interesting night
2: yeah it's a, it's a huge night it's a big night obviously for the golden knights it's a big night for golden knights fans because you're you're looking at an opportunity again to to pick up your third division title in six seasons there aren't a lot of teams that are going to be able to say that. So that's why I think it's such an important game for the Golden Knights to to really hone in on wanting to complete the job, get it done, and win this one.
1: I will say both Edmonton and Vegas have a reason to for people to feel uh, sorry for them or, or have sympathy for them uh, if they should not come out on the right side of the Pacific Division first place standing because vegas has virtually led the division all year and has survived the most uh, crazy situations uh with with injuries again and this time it really got focused in on the goaltenders in the uh, post all-star schedule uh part of it and and they've managed to stay right in contention to not be able to finish there uh there would be really like they did everything possible and, and weren't able to finish off. And for, for the Edmonton side of it, they got the two best players in the league. they got the best power play of all time. Uh, they've got uh, a, 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 an entertainment uh, group with their team that uh, absolutely owns the offensive zone. And they've got one of the top rookies in the National Hockey League in Stuart Skinner and are 13-0-1 in the last 14 down the stretch. Can you imagine if they don't win the the Pacific Division? Looking in the mirror going, Uh, what else did we need to do? Uh, Whoever doesn't finish in that coveted spot uh, is going to get uh, a certain amount of uh, pats on the back and uh, you did your best kind of thing and nothing else you could have done.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Edmonton Oilers are very possibly going to end their season on a nine-game win streak. And it will not be enough if the Golden Knights are able to get that point, if the Golden Knights win tonight, like they will not be able to win the division, ending the season on a nine-game win streak. That That's pretty remarkable when you really put it into context that way.
1: Uh, we have uh, some tickets to give away for the Stanley Cup playoffs in Vegas. Listen for the next hour and a half, and we will tell you when to call. It's going to be caller number nine. We've already predetermined that, uh, but we have a couple of uh, sets of tickets to to go your way. Uh, that is a carrot dangling with you. So you really, you're already starting with an advantage as well, an opportunity to be uh, at uh, at the uh, the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas goal tonight. So uh, we're also following the other action on this fifteen. 15- game night in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. John Shannon is going to join us, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, co-host of the Bob McCallum podcast. And uh, yesterday I talked about uh, what uh, Ray Ferrero had to say just regarding uh, the anticipation of Jack Eichel's first Stanley Cup playoff appearance. And uh, we're going to bring you some of that sound uh, as well. So a lot to get to uh, here going forward. Uh, I do like the fact that uh, that Vegas is, is not shying away at all from from the load management uh, option uh, that is available to every team uh, going into this. You're seeing uh, it's scattered all over the National Hockey League lineup decisions. I love what Vegas and, and Bruce Cassidy have done here.
2: Well, I, I think, you know, again, it, it's interesting because if if the division's locked up, if the conference is locked up, does it look a little bit different tonight? Maybe. But yes. I, I also think for the Golden Knights, you you yeah, you have – you have an opportunity, and and you don't necessarily want to sneeze at that opportunity because of load management. So I, I agree with you in that I, I love the idea of the Golden Knights going into this game, getting Jack Eichel back into the fold, getting Shea Theodore back into the fold, going with the guy that I expect to start game one of the playoffs in Loren sois and going into this game looking at it like you want to win with as close to what your roster is going to look like. Game one, that's the way it should be.
1: Uh, how, how about around the league? Like Gary Bettman couldn't script this any better than what he's seeing on the next to last. This would be the last night, but uh, there's a couple of rescheduled games uh, coming out uh, tomorrow. Uh, but all the mystery surrounding what's coming up uh, over the next uh, eight hours is just holding everybody uh, with bated breath. We, we got three divisions. That have not been decided going into tonight.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. It's it's you know an interesting situation for the the National Hockey League and an interesting situation obviously for the Vegas Golden Knights. But you know for for the Golden Knights, they're playing for the Pacific Division title. The same thing with the Dallas Stars, and the Colorado Avalanche. They are playing for the Central Division title. And you know outside of the Boston Bruins locking up uh, their division, everything else is up for grabs tonight.
1: Well, divisions. You got the in the Eastern Conference. Carolina Hurricanes will clinch the Metropolitan Division uh, title if they beat the Florida Panthers. Uh, we know that the New Jersey Devils can get in there as well, uh, but that's going to take some work because they're uh, found themselves uh, on the wrong side of the score against the Washington Capitals early on. Uh, and in the uh, Central Division, you've got uh, the the likes of Carol or uh, Colorado and Dallas going at it. Dallas can clinch the Central Division title if they beat the Blues in any fashion, and the Avalanche lose to the Jets in any fashion, or they get one point, and the Blues and the Avalanche lose to the Jets. So it, it, that's complicated. But the but the Avalanche will clinch the Central if they defeat the Jets in any fashion, and the Stars lose in, in regulation. And so, uh, who's who's the most surprising team that going into the final day of this schedule for these teams uh, is is a Colorado working their way back? Is it Dallas being in contention? Is it Vegas missing the playoffs last year and holding an advantage on the final day uh, of the regular season uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, trying to hold off the Edmonton Oilers, Uh, the Carolina Hurricane, New Jersey Devils. uh, I'm not sure they were expected at the start of the year. I certainly didn't have them uh, fighting for first place on the last day of the regular season. So of of those six teams that are fighting for the three division titles, who's the most surprising? Who's the most expected to be there uh, and would be disappointed if they don't close it out
2: yeah it's hard not to look at what the Golden Knights have been able to do uh, a year after missing the the playoffs for the first time in franchise history getting back to this this opportunity to clinch not just the Pacific Division but the Western Conference I I think you have to kind of look at that as um, surprising you know you knew the Golden Knights were good but you just you know to be able to go from that to where they are today i think it's fantastic now i will say the the avalanche are surprising because of all the injuries that they've dealt with all season long there was quite a bit of time where they they were kind of on that playoff bubble you didn't really know if they were going to go on a run they not only go on a run but they go on a run to the to to the effect of potentially clinching a, a division title like that is surprising because of the type of season that they had but in terms of going into this year going into this season a team I did not expect to be in the mix was the New Jersey Devils so they are the most surprising team for me on this final day of the season for them that they are in the mix and can potentially clinch the Metropolitan Division with uh, you know with with things kind of breaking their way so the Devils most surprising to me The team that I think will feel like maybe you left something on the table, as, again, as as kind of surprising as it is that the Golden Knights are here, you you mentioned it. The Golden Knights have essentially led this division wire to wire. It would really be um, an unfortunate turn of events if on the final day of their season they were unable to secure that division that they led for the majority of the season.
1: Uh, I just want to mention uh, star power in baseball, star power in basketball uh, means a great thing. Uh, star power in football, you got the best quarterback. A lot of times uh, you're going to be the, the best uh, team. Uh, Tom Brady, Exhibit A. Uh, it, it's not as important. The team game is way more influential in hockey. Than any other sport, we've talked about it in the past, and uh, I feel like we should reiterate it uh, uh, that that statement uh, over and over uh, because of what we're seeing uh, in, in and around the National Hockey League. The the Edmonton Oilers have the two best players in the in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League. They enter the final game of the regular season a point out of first place. There's no guarantee that they're going to win uh, the conference and uh, down a, a level in the Western Hockey League. Who's the best player in the world, on the planet, in the solar system – Connor Bedard, you've heard about him for a couple of years. He's going to go first overall in the National Hockey League draft. Teams have tanked on purpose to get to a position and get the most odds, and there is still a uh, competition there. Uh, he owned the World Junior Hockey Championship, setting all kinds of records that McDavid and Lindros and uh, uh, all the all the great players uh, that have gone through there. And uh, Wingersky uh, has he he beat them all uh, with those records. Connor Bedard mm-hmm. and the Regina Pats lost in the first round of the Western Hockey League playoffs, and he was excellent. So it, it just goes to show you again that having the best player doesn't always, or it's probably 50-50, that, that it translates into the great success. Uh, maybe he agrees with him, maybe he doesn't. Here's John Chan, the former executive producer of Hockey Night Canada, co-host of the Bob McCown Podcast. He joins us every Thursday as our NHL insider. Uh, you you on, uh, on the same wavelength as me on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, if you look at... I mean, who's the greatest player in the game today? Connor McDavid. Never won the Memorial Cup. Yeah. You know, with all the teams he played on, the good teams he played on in Erie, and he had good teammates. But, you know, they got shut down in in uh, in conference finals by Sault Ste. Marie or by Oshawa. They uh, You know, they, they never made it. They, they never even made it to the Memorial Cup tournament.
1: Nope. So. And that's a, that's a a case where he got as far as he's ever been last year and he's been winning MVPs along the way, and his teammate has won an MVP uh, along the way as well, and that was uh, the deepest run that they got. So there's there's something to be said uh, for people that uh, that look at the uh, stars and then star sell. Uh, you know that, John, as a TV producer, but then the balance like the Vegas Golden Knights or the Seattle Kraken have where they just have uh, uh, just incredible production throughout their uh, hockey lineup. Vegas Vegas may go this season without the 30-goal scorer. And could win the conference. That that that's incredible.
3: Well, it it, it, it speaks to, Darren. You know this. Is, hockey is the ultimate team sport. Um, you can, you know, you can have. You know, uh, when Derek Carr was a Raider, Derek Carr touched the ball eighty times. Probably threw it forty five and handed it off thirty five other times you know so that, so he was involved in almost every offensive play of the raiders last year mm-hmm. you know you you have a starting pitcher in baseball you know hopefully you get to seven innings but you you know or you know it's a rarity now to have a complete game but you throw the ball you know 110 times um so which is the majority of your team's you know throwing the throwing the, the baseball you can play for the lakers um, and, uh, or one of, the, one of the stars for the Aces, and you could play 43, 44 minutes of a 48-minute game. But in our game, in a 60-minute game, a star plays 23 minutes. 23 minutes. It, it is the most um, uh, one-sided story about how you know, superstars in our game you know, don't get the same treatment as superstars in other games because they, they can't play more than a third of the game. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do.
1: John Shannon is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
2: So the Calgary Flames go from you know winning the division last year to missing out on the playoffs. What does the offseason look like in Calgary?
3: Well, it's almost, Ryan, back to where they were those two days after they realized that both Goudreau and Kachuk were gone. Uh, because I think that there's, I think there's a lot of questions to be asked, and I'm not sure a lot of people are going to like the answers, and I think that that will have an impact on a few things too. Uh, Brad Trilliving, the general manager, does not have a contract, so we don't know what his future in Calgary is. He did have an offer uh, prior to Christmas and did turn it down, um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Daryl Sutter has two years left on his contract, so he, in theory, is the coach of this team for two years, and that so that puts the emphasis on what the players want and what the players want to do. Uh, the exit interviews that are going to go on in Calgary over the next you know seventy-two to ninety-six hours are going to be fascinating if we ever hear something out of them. We won't, but it's whether players still want to play for Daryl, you know. And and I, I keep hearing that there are players on this roster that did not enjoy playing for Daryl. Uh, and if they have an opportunity to move on as re- as free agents, that they might just move on. And there's some there's some good players in there that you know did not enjoy playing for Daryl Sutter. Now, Tyler Toffoli loved playing for Daryl Sutter, but he's lived with him and understands Daryl Sutter's uh, psyche. Uh, Trevor Lewis understands Daryl Sutter's psyche, but there are some players that uh, after you know basically what is it two years and three months of Daryl Sutter, they might have had enough.
1: That would be strange in the sense of the fact that Daryl's got the contract and the general manager doesn't. Uh, if, well, the,
3: and and Daryl got the contract on the insistence of the general manager, Darren.
1: Right. And and I I think they're closer than people make it out to believe. Uh, I think uh, a, a lot of uh, the insinuation is a little guided uh i and but i understand the play player exit interviews having a large say the issue i i will point to is if the manager's not back who like how far do those player exit interviews go like who, who's who's listening to them
3: i think that, i think that that may be one of the key questions yeah if if, if brad's not there who's running them but no, there are some solid management people they're craig Conroy's. A, a good, uh, good manager of people. He's he's got a good pedigree. Uh, Brad Paschal, you know, the husband of uh, Cassie Campbell Paschal, who'll be doing the game on ESPN tonight uh, in Vegas. Um, he's got a good handle on what the organization is all about. So it's uh, it's it's going to be fascinating. The other thing to note in Calgary, not one assistant coach, nor any of the training staff have contracts for next year. Nobody as a contract other than Daryl Sutter
1: which never happens
3: never i it's the, I mean, well i you if you recall remember a year before last rod Brindamore in carolina you know they they came to some agreement quite soon and then rod said well hold on i'm only coming back if i have my old staff yeah. and and it took them another month to come to an agreement on the payments for the other the rest of the staff before Brindamore finally agreed to to
1: do the deal, John Shannon chatting with us. Uh, we know uh, that Pittsburgh and Calgary were hoping to be in, expected to be in, and they missed out. So a massive disappointment on those teams. I'll, I'll put St. Louis into that mix as well. But the, on the next tier of, of teams, where you have Buffalo, uh, Ottawa, Detroit, expected to be uh, better this year. Uh, I, I don't know about Philadelphia. Whether you agree with that, uh, uh, Vancouver uh, was uh, had some high hopes at the start of the year. Uh, who's Who took the best jump and who kind of didn't follow through on it?
3: Well, I think the, the team that had the, the best jump was well, the Buffalo Sabres. You know, when you think that for the first time in a long period of time, Darren, that there were, you know, playoff implications in games in Buffalo in March, usually they aren't in January. Uh, so... Th- you know, they, there was a reason to go to the arena in Buffalo to watch the Sabres up until last week, and that's a real positive. The biggest issue for the Sabres was, do they have a goaltender? Well, it, it, they actually might have found their goaltender in the last three weeks in Devin Levi, who came out of Northeastern. Uh, and he's he was a star for, for the Canadian team at the World Juniors, and I I think as, there's a good chance that he will be the starter next year for the Sabres, and, and that might be that final piece of, of the puzzle for the Sabres to, to become a playoff team. Um, I, I think the team in many ways that probably uh, this came up shorter than most, I think Detroit did, but I I, I know Steve Eiserman well enough, and I know what he does and how he plans well enough that they went to Ottawa, lost two games in a row to Ottawa back-to-back on a Monday and a Tuesday, um, and that was before the trade deadline. Steve at that point said, we're not ready. So I'm going to retool a little bit, and we're going to take another crack at it next year. So, I, But I, I, I think that they're pointed in the right direction. But Iserman was very pragmatic in making that decision the first week in March, saying, let's not have any fool's gold here. We're not making the playoffs. We're just not good enough yet. So let's plan on being better next year.
1: Uh, my bad. I didn't include one team in the mix of clubs that expected to be in the playoff uh, picture and, and missed out uh, because that team is so far down. Like the, the Columbus Blue Jackets had realistic expectations at the start of the year, especially after the, the splash that they made in free agency. And like last place with, with two nights to go in the National Hockey League regular season. Uh, they, they're not the big market, so they don't get a lot of attention, but that is one of the... Biggest uh, crushing blows that a market can come up with?
3: Well, I, I, you know, last year when the Golden Knights missed the playoffs, I think they had 503 man games lost to injury. I think that was the number, right? Mm-hmm. 503? Um, I think Columbus is going to be close to 600 this year. So they're, they're at one point, at one point during the season, they had 12 regulars out of the lineup and they had nine players from their American League team in the lineup trying to win an NHL game. And there was just no way they could do it.
1: And their good players no were way. out, too. They, they, it, good players were out, and good players were out all season.
3: All season, yeah. Um, you know, I, I have a bias there. Um, you know, John Davidson's one of my best friends. I, I, I talked to him enough to know that he feels that they're pointed in the right direction, but they, they... You know, they screwed it up just because of all the injuries they had. Um and I, I do wonder if they're, you know, is if Brad Larson's the right guy to coach a team in developing. But, you know, they've got fingers and toes crossed that they do finish thirty second and have the best chance to get Connor Bedard in the in the uh, in the draft lottery.
1: Do you talk to John Davidson more than me? Uh, yeah. Not today. He, I,
3: <laughs> I, but he I don't text him. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, really? John and I are old-fashioned people. We actually get on the phone and talk to people. This this whole communication thing of talking to people, it's new, uh, but I think it's going to (laughs) work. If you talk, you talk to people.
1: Well, you and I texted like five times today, and we talked once. And this is the second time.
3: You're you're a a textaholic.
1: (laughs) Isn't
3: he, Ryan? He's a textaholic. I do. Yeah, yeah, in in certain well, situations, then, or, or, I, or then he I goes aloof on you for two and a half days, and then he yes. says, "Hey, sorry, buddy."
1: Hey, what's going on? Hey, how's yeah. hey, what's going how's, on? I know uh... you didn't
3: call me back after two and a half days.
1: <laughs> you left me hanging <laughs> about it. Uh... <laughs> John, John, and I were having this this really heated, detailed conversation last night, and he said, "Okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and I'll have more." I'm like, "You're going to let me sleep on this? Yep. I can't. You you can't let me sleep on this news." And he did. He yeah, did. I did. And then when he phoned me today. I screened this call.
2: No, I was busy. Call. I was
1: no, I was getting. I was at a medical appointment. Then you know that. Uh, John Shens with oh. us on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Ryan. Right?
2: So uh, it just it feels weird saying this, but it, it'll be a playoff without Sidney Crosby and without Alex Ovechkin, without the the two players that that have really been duking it out in the postseason for so many years, for so long. Um, how do you kind of contextualize that? The, the idea that you're going into the postseason for the first time in in a while without the the old guard of of kind of that next generation of hockey player.
3: Well, I'm, I'm going to show I'm going to show some bias. Um, I don't think I don't think the Washington Capitals and Alexander Ovechkin have been uh, relevant since 802. I really don't. I don't really? think they've been a factor. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I was completely prepared for Washington because and actually that. Washington should have been on that list of disappointments, Darren. Mm-hmm. Um, the Caps have not been a factor at all this year. So, so I, I, can, I can cope with the Capitals not being involved. Um, you know, what the Penguins have done in the last three days is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but they, you know, they've, they made some mistakes. They had players getting paid a lot of money. Um, that couldn't come to the dance and, and, and couldn't contribute. And um, it, it's, it's a really strange thing. They have four really good players in Pittsburgh, four really good players. Crosby, obviously, Malkin, Latang, and Jake Gensel, but nobody else. Nobody else. And, and so all of a sudden, uh, and Golden Knights fans would appreciate this, you know, depth is really important in the game of hockey. That's one of the reasons the Golden Knights have been able to have this resurgence this year is their depth. Well, Pittsburgh has no depth at all. Jeff Carter's been a disaster this year. They traded uh, for uh, Mikel Granlund, been a disaster. Uh, you know, they they have had some injuries on the blue line, and their goaltending I, I, it's inexplicable, inexplicable what their goaltending is. Tristan Jari's twenty five and twelve, and, and but can't stop the puck. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't I don't get it. I don't get what's going on in Pittsburgh. We're going to miss the Penguins not being in the playoffs simply because uh, because of Sidney Crosby though.
1: Uh when you said 802, explain to people what that is.
3: Well, just uh um, Gordie Howe, the the record of, to make Alex Sovechkin the number 2 goals of our time. He has scored a hat trick in Chicago. 800 801 802. Gordie Howe was at 801. Mm. Um, but that was that was the high, if you if you look and talk to a Capitals employee, what's the highlight of the year? Well, Alex Ovechkin's goal scoring and getting to number two was the highlight of the year because there has been nothing else in Washington, nothing.
1: You're right, else. and they brought in a Stanley Cup champion goaltender, and uh, they uh, signed uh, Strom to a nice contract. Uh, it was valued, and they extended him. There's uh, there, there's a bit of a a path there where they could go either way, and I don't know which way uh, they're going to go. Uh, what, are you, what are you looking forward to uh, to start the Stanley Cup playoffs? What's your your... Big story.
3: Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to tonight because, and I, I'll, I, I'll uh, be candid, somebody with in, in the Kraken organization was really excited <laughs> that they are um, uh, playing the game in, against the, the Golden Knights tonight uh, a half hour earlier than the Kings game. So they can keep an eye on the, what's going on with the Kings and what's going on with the Oilers at the same time as the Golden Knights Kraken game, because let's face it, that's a Rubik's cube. That's all works out. You know, the Kraken win and the Kings lose, and the Oilers win. Then you know <laughs> that means it's. I think it's Edmonton, Winnipeg, and then it's Vegas and Seattle in the yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. right? Edmonton or uh, the Kings have got to be there somewhere. So maybe maybe may the wild card. It's really topsy turvy tonight's, tonight's kind of a cool night to figure out exactly who plays whom and. Uh, that that's what I'm looking forward to, and then once that happens, once that happens, it'll be uh, it'll be great to have a weekend to uh, to set up the uh, the matchups. Uh, you know, I I I really do would like to see Edmonton play Winnipeg. Uh, you know, they have been rivals on the ice. You know, there's no Calgary Edmonton rivalry this year, but Edmonton and Winnipeg have been a rival on the ice since 1972.
1: World Hockey Association, World baby. World
3: Hockey Association. That, to me, is, I love that kind of stuff. That's cool. And it, it would, be, it would be end up being a huge rivalry uh, and a huge uh, matchup when you consider the dominance of the Oilers in the 80s. And then the last time they met in the playoffs, the Jets actually swept Connor McDavid and the Oilers.
1: Uh, does Boston win the Stanley Cup? Because by the time we talk to you next week, the playoffs <laughs> will be underway, and there will be different storylines going.
3: So, um, yes, they do. Okay, but here's the one caveat, um, and I think I've been hammering this home on this this show and other shows. Whoever plays the first two rounds of the playoffs in the least amount of games has a better chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Hmm. So you know, last year Colorado won the cup with two sweeps round round one against Nashville, round three against Edmonton. That's how you win the Stanley Cup. You have to stay healthy. You have to stay fresh. Teams that end up going seven games, seven games, seven games before you get to the Stanley Cup final, good luck winning the Stanley Cup.
1: So when you say get through the first two rounds in the fewest number of games, but you have to win the first two rounds, though, right? Like you can't yeah, you have, sweep you and then see. get swept. I don't
3: know if you know this, Derek. <laughs> okay. This is a new thing in the NHL. I'm just you checking. you have to win the playoff series to win the Stanley Cup?
1: Well, I just I wanted to be clear on that.
3: Oh yeah, what do you? Yeah. <laughs> what what, what, are you, what did that? What did that nurse give you
4: today?
1: <laughs> oh, it, it was quite a bit. She, this, this, this was funny. She said, do "You want the first needle? Uh, which arm?" I said, uh, "Left arm." And then she said, "What about the?" And then she goes down the checklist. Uh, "What about the the second needle?" I said, "Well, let's go left arm because might as well just have one arm this hour." She goes, uh, "Why don't we go to the right arm?" I'm like, what, what are you even asking me for? If you're just going to
3: go. You're just being nice, you know?
1: That's but, exactly uh, it.
3: So it. So it was tetanus and rabies? Yeah. Or...
1: Tet- one was tetanus. Yeah.
3: And rabies.
1: What, one was tetanus. Uh, uh, I think the other one was measles, uh, believe it or not, because I, I can't find my uh, immunization from Canada, so I'm just redoing them all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, boy. I know. I know That doesn't seem good. I know.
1: I know. It's been a while so I I'm, I'm sure I'm good uh John uh, enjoy the little calm before the storm uh on Monday. Games tonight. I know, but 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 the weekend. I'm talking about the weekend calm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What's well, going to be beautiful weather here.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's
3: going to be 85 and sunny every day uh for the next 3 or 4 days. Before uh, next week in the playoffs start 41.
1: Good. Uh, I'll call you on Saturday morning and uh, Sunday afternoon, okay?
3: Hey, hello to my friend George. How you doing, George?
1: Hey, he's on the road, I think. He's on the road with him.
3: Yeah, but he'll get it on the app.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Anytime John Shannon's on, George McPhee is listening. It's must-listen radio. Uh, Thanks, pal. Appreciate it.
3: Have a good Thursday.
1: (laughs) There's John Shannon. Happy Thursday to you as well. The former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, biggest show in the game, and the co-host of the Bob McCowan podcast and uh, my good friend. And, yeah, we did play a little bit of phone tag today.
2: Oh, well, at least you called him back or something.
1: Yeah, well, we, we, we talked. We were, all, we were all over the place uh, on that. So so it was good. Uh, uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, a little bit more on the Vegas Golden Knights angle. And I want to tell you that we've got a chance to win tickets to the playoffs at T-Mobile Arena. And you'll hear from uh, Bruce Cassidy as well. And Ray Ferraro on what Jack Eichel is going to experience next week in his first ever Stanley Cup playoff appearance at the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, ninety-eight point nine FM and thirteen forty
1: AM. All right, Chapman, we're gonna we're gonna get you to walk us through this, and feel free to chime in and correct me as I go. Okay, this is regarding the chance to win playoff tickets, and we're going to be running this contest, uh, throw down the Stanley Cup playoffs with the Vegas Golden Knights as long as they go. So we have a pair of tickets to see some playoff action we're letting you have a chance to get to game two uh, of the first round against an unnamed opponent as of uh, right now. We want you to be caller number nine to 702-876-1340. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to instantly win a two-foot sub from Port of Subs. All right? And more importantly, don't tell Porta of Subs that, but uh, uh, more importantly, I'm just just—I'm reading this. Uh, we'll get you uh, into a draw to win tickets to see game two of the first round next week. All right? So you instantly win a sub, and then you go into a draw to win playoff tickets. All right? Is, is that basically what we're doing right now?
3: That's what how, how I interpret it. All right. yes, yes. So we're
1: all in agreement here. If I, I if I've screwed up, right. if <laughs> I've screwed up, we've all screwed up.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like
1: so, how you, how you're going to take us down with you, so, Captain of the so Titanic being, over here. Yes,
2: being being the rules guy on the show, your your op your opportunity right now in this moment to win is to win a two foot sub, two foot sub, subs, and you
1: go into a draw,
2: and then you go into a drawing for the tickets that will right. be given away at a later date to get you to game number
1: two. We'll do this right now, caller number nine, and then we will also do it later on in uh, the show. So this is uh, this is good. We'll give uh, Chabot an opportunity to answer the phones. We'll come back and we'll uh, tee up our number two, a short hour number two, uh, short, uh, hour number two uh, making way for the pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
0: This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Walton.
1: Normally, we can't be catching up with Chapman right now. Going through all his various idiosyncrasies of his life, uh, but uh, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen until uh, the next hour, because we're going to extend our time on Fox Sports Las Vegas and AM 1340 and keep it going uh, right up until 6.30, and then we'll turn it over to Ryan Wallace with the Vegas Golden Knights pregame show ahead of the contest between VGK and the Seattle Kraken, and we know that the Vegas Golden Knights enter tonight with a one-point lead atop the Pacific Division, uh, and if they get a point out of the game tonight, they will win the Pacific Division, and uh, celebrations will be all across the Las Vegas Valley. Pretty cool. Uh, they don't celebrate as much. The, the team that celebrated the most, by the way, uh, for accomplishing something as far as clinching uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, whether it be home ice or just a position, uh, that was the Winnipeg Jets the other night. Uh, they had a significant <laughs> on-ice party, and I, I felt like some of that was just because of the uh, craziness of the third period against the Minnesota Wild, which was full of intensity. And fights and scuffles and fines and suspensions, uh, and uh, and maybe that was uh, that's what uh, instigated it a little bit more. But uh, I'd love to be able to see uh, an on-ice celebration by the Vegas Golden Knights tonight, even if it uh, is on the road.
2: Oh, I'd, I'd love to see it probably even more because it would be on the road. I think that that would be a pretty fun moment for the Golden Knights in the, in the, in the barn of the newest expansion team in the National Hockey League. If they're able to clinch a third division title and they can have a little extra uh, celebration at the end of that game, that would be, in my opinion, really fun and, and exciting. So for the Golden Knights, uh, go out there, get the job done, do that. Um, but, you know, the, the Winnipeg Jets, they're, they're, they're glad to be back in the dance, right? Like, they're glad to be back in the playoffs. They're glad to be in a situation where, you know, things kind of teetered for them at, at, toward the end of the season. And if you're Winnipeg and you've got Connor Hellebach, you've, you've got a chance in any series that you play.
1: Storylines. All three teams left uh, as potential opponents for the Vegas Golden Knights, L.A., Seattle, Winnipeg. Uh, give me your best storyline for each one. Let's start with uh, Los Angeles.
2: So Los Angeles, it's, you know, you're kind of going back to year one, right? We've talked about all the parallels between this season and in year one for the Vegas Golden Knights. First ever playoff series in Golden Knights history was against the Los Angeles Kings. You've got Jonathan Quick, though. I don't expect Jonathan Quick would be your game one starter. He would be in that series, and that would have... Quite a bit to, to of, of kind of the narrative Surrounding things that are happening In and, out, in and around the game So I, I think there's tons of storylines Between the Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings um, And that would be a fun series If you get there
1: I would start Jonathan Quick and then I would change him like first whistle uh if you were allowed to i would change them on the fly but you're not allowed to in the national hockey league to change goalies on the fly uh it's an actual rule you can't do it Uh, but in junior hockey and and uh, minor hockey i've seen it done all the time i had a coach who used to do it just for fun i i wouldn't consider that to be uh, a great strategy but he did he did it just for fun but uh wouldn't that be cool jonathan quick starts and then goes to the bench first uh, time out seattle kraken what's your storyline there
2: I mean, it's the the two most recent teams into the National Hockey League, right? It's the 31st and 32nd franchises in in the NHL. And, you know, for the Kraken, it's been a fantastic second year. Um, They were always going to be judged what they did year one versus the Vegas Golden Knights. No one was ever going to be able to replicate and match what Vegas did going all the way to the Stanley Cup final in year number one, winning the division, Um, all of those good things. So I think this would be a really interesting big brother versus little brother type of situation where you've got the Golden Knights trying to show the Seattle Kraken that even though they've taken a big step between year one and year two, they're just not at the level that the Golden Knights are right now. And for Seattle, it's trying to punch big brother in the mouth and, and prove that they are going to surpass kind of the expectations and maybe surpass what the golden Knights were able to do, um, in their second year in the playoffs.
1: Mom always says hands off policy. Can't be punching each other brothers. Okay. No, no fighting. Uh, it'd be great to see the golden Knights bring back that on ice projection of that, uh, that Kraken or that octopus or whatever it was. Remember the, yeah. the first game they ever played. That was really yeah. cool. And I still have that on my phone. So it'd be uh, great to revive that. And now to the Winnipeg jets, who there is some history with the, the jets, uh, both, uh, in prior years, and then uh, a player or two on that uh, that Jets roster.
2: Yeah, um, you know, you've got the, the Winnipeg Jets and the Golden Knights, and, and who can kind of forget the Western Conference Final. The the Vegas Golden Knights go up to Winnipeg. They lose pretty handily in game number one. Jonathan March so says they'll be better, and they were they were fantastic full value for the next four games Um, a gentleman's sweep of the Jets so you've got the Jets wanting revenge for that because that was supposed to be kind of a situation where the Jets were expected to get back to that situation the Jets were expected to be a team that was going to contend for a while and it hasn't really worked out that way for Winnipeg since then it has for the Golden Knights not so much for the Winnipeg Jets Um, you've got Nate Schmidt and and kind of facing his former team in a playoff series that would be interesting and then you've got again connor hellebuck who who talked a lot about where his game was at in that series thought that he deserved a better fate it'll be interesting to see if, if they these two teams kind of run it back again whether or not that proves to to work itself out for for the winnipeg jets or if the golden Knights, six years later still have the jets number
1: how about the understudy facing the star in goal Laurent back backup uh, for Connor Hellebuck yeah. for a number of years. And uh, and now expected to get that game one start. He'll finish off the season tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Has not uh, failed to uh, grab a, at least a single point in all NHL starts. He's uh, He's been outstanding in that department and delivering something each and every night that he goes in uh, goal uh, for the uh, VGK. And he'll try to keep that going tonight tonight. Jack Eichel is in the lineup uh, tonight. You'll hear from Bruce Cassidy as well as Ray Ferraro on what Jack is going to experience or expected uh, expects that he will experience in night one of the Santa Cup playoffs. Really intriguing uh, analysis and breakdown from from uh, Ray uh, as a guy that scored 400 goals in the in the National Hockey League and went through a few battles. But it's been a long time coming for Jack Eichel. Hour number two. It's a shorter version. Half hour still to come of the VGK Insider Show as we continue on Fox. Sports, Las Vegas, and AM 1340. Stay with us. Will gets the putt for Carrier. He gets stripped.
0: Taps the loose putt for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. In the Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace.
1: 15 game night in the National Hockey League. Three divisions to be decided as far as the team that will finish first atop that loop. And we have six teams still in the running for those. uh, prizes in the NHL, one of them being the Pacific Division, the Vegas Golden Knights going at it in just a little bit against the Seattle Kraken, trying to hold off the Edmonton Oilers who will be on the ice in a matter of seconds against the San Jose Sharks. So good or bad, I don't know whether it uh, matters So one way or the other, but Vegas is going to know how that Edmonton game is coming along before they step on the ice in 90 minutes from now. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace and uh, Chris Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show. And before we get to into this half hour with Bruce Cassidy in just a little bit. Uh, talking about this game tonight uh, from Seattle. We'll also hear from Ray Ferrero uh, lead analyst on ESPN, about what Jack Eichel's is going to experience uh, next week. I talked to him yesterday in the Chirp podcast, so uh, some uh, great analysis uh, on uh, what the long wait is going to be uh, like when it's finally wiped out uh, for Jack Eichel. Uh, let's get into the opportunity to go to round one at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, lucky VGK uh, Insider Show listener is going to have the opportunity to walk through those doors as we have a pair of tickets to see some playoff action. We're going to qualify you right now, and by qualifying you, you're going to win a two-foot uh, sub from Porta Sub. So be caller number 9 to 702-876-1340 and get through and you will instantly win the sub and we will qualify you into the draw to see game two of uh, the series against, I don't know, LA, Seattle, Winnipeg, uh, we don't know yet, uh, but we do know it will be game two, and it will be uh, game two at uh, T-Mobile Arena because uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have home ice advantage. So uh, caller number nine right now, Chris Chapman, is going to qualify you, and uh, we uh, wish everybody the best of luck. You get food and you get a chance to be qualified in to be in the rink for game number two as the Golden Knights go back to the Stanley Cup playoffs, Ryan.
2: Yeah, so, you know, obviously um, for the Golden Knights, this is a a big night for them. They have an opportunity in front of them, one point on the night, and they will clinch the Pacific Division title. They will get themselves into a position where they'll have home ice advantage through the first three rounds of the playoffs by virtue of winning the Western Conference as well and you know what you you have an opportunity to go to uh to a, a game in in round 1 of the playoffs it's a great opportunity in front of you and in front of the golden knights tonight
1: Bruce Cassidy is doing his best to make sure that it is a Pacific Division title and a Western Conference uh, top seed because he's going with uh, Jack Eichel in the lineup tonight and uh, number one goaltender at this point. Lauren Bressois is going to uh, finish off the season by starting both halves of this home-and-home series. There was some speculation that they might fit either Aiden Hill or go with Jonathan Quick, but uh, he's going with his guy right now in Lauren Bressois and Bruce Cassidy spoke to the media, including Ashley Vice, this morning in Seattle. Channel.
5: Looks like some promising news on the lineup front based on skate.
6: Yeah, Jack's going to go back in, so is Theo. So good to have him back in. Um, and uh, one more final test for them both. I mean, Jack hasn't been out very long, but for Theo, I think it's a little more important to shake some rust off and um, get back up to speed.
2: Just getting those guys back in, you guys were playing at such a high level for the last couple of weeks, getting to that 60 minute game. How important is it, kind of not missing a step tonight? You,
6: well, I think it's good when guys have been out a little bit and come back in because normally it's the opposite is happening this time of year. You're resting guys or guys are going out. So, um, But either way, you're getting hungry guys, you know, motivated guys to go in, whatever the situation is. For us, they just happen to be top-end guys, so uh, it should help us and uh, guys that have made us better.
5: How does it help as a coach that it's not just game 82 of 82 of a long season? It actually means something.
6: I think it's good this time of year. You know, there's both sides of the coin, right? Would you want to go out and have a couple of no-hitters at the end, I guess, so to speak? Yeah, sometimes that can benefit your group. For us, we've been in these um, meaningful games for a while, and I think it, you don't lose your edge that way. There's risk of injury, obviously, when the things get more intense. And you've seen that around the league, but at the end of the day, um, I think all the guys would probably prefer to play in these type of games than than the other ones. And that will be, obviously, his training looks like he's going to go tonight yeah. i guess is that just building
2: the game ahead of yeah he, you know
6: he hasn't played that much for us i think it's eight games so um it's not a busy week it would be two games two games a week i think is a good number for whoever our starter is we, we talked about that way back in october we try not to roll guys in there three times a week now sometimes it's necessary injuries whatnot um, we don't start till monday or tuesday so he's got some time to recover if he's a guy we go with so there's a there's a lot of reasons that Point to him being able to handle it um, he's been on his game and you know we want to win as well so he uh, he's been doing a good job in that area as well.
5: How much will you check out of town scores during this? Well,
6: the game? Edmonton game well, I will because it's an hour and a half in front of us and I got nothing to do well, before the game and <laughs> eat popcorn so I might as well scoreboard watch.
2: <laughs> I guess how did you and your staff approach that differently or does not not change it won't matter
6: for us we're going to go out and try to win the game play the right way I think our guys are pretty good at that they're good pros Uh, no matter what happens with that game or LA or whoever it is um, you know we're going to be focused on playing you know our it's like I said it's the last time we play before the playoffs you want to go in feeling good about yourself doesn't mean you're going to win the hockey game I mean Seattle's going to have something to say about it they're going to want to bounce back but you you know you can usually tell if your game's in, in in good shape and that's what we'll be looking for
4: you're in a real small list of guys that have won 50 games back to back with two different teams. What's about Bruce Cassidy that he can he can achieve that?
6: Uh, good players, obviously, you don't win without good players, especially that many games. I think that's the simplest thing. And um, yeah, you know, you get a little experience around the league, you get to know your group. I think that obviously helps. Good people around you. So uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say, say about that, Gary. I'm not good at talking about myself unless we're sitting around a campfire or something. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, there was, this team was a bit of an unknown coming into this year. Externally, internally, this group you never stopped believing in itself. What's it about this, these players that they were able to come back from missing the playoffs and to win 50-plus?
6: Well, same thing. They're good players. They, they have a pedigree. They've been to the playoffs every year, but last year, the majority of the guys. So... Um, they want it back to where they've been, uh, a lot of pride, uh, like I said, good players with pride that, that care uh, and I think there's a, a, a certain group of them that have been here since inception so there's that part, they want to do well for the crest and then guys that came in shortly after that have, have felt that so I think we all feel that there's an expectation so that's a credit it starts at the top right, you know Bill Foley set an expectation when he, when he got the team and, and George and Kelly have followed that and um, I think that's just where we are as an organization we, we expect to be competing for the Stanley Cup every year and here we
4: are so good for them. We've observed your team uh, correct course in games you know and, and shrink the, the lulls that, that, to use your word where it's not right where you, you want it and a lot of that comes from the bench and the coaching staff but are you comfortable now with the way they challenge one another? Because you have to have that. Do, do they do a good job holding one another accountable? I
6: think they do. I think it, it's, it's, it was the staff at first. Uh, there's some newness for everybody. They're getting to know our style. We're getting to know theirs. Um, and I think the playoffs tell you a lot about your playoffs too. So we're still gonna be learning here. Okay, now that the temperature goes up in games here, some more on the line, how do we react to that? How do we correct? Uh, how do we get to our ceiling? Um, so there's still another level of learning here that's going to happen starting next week that I'm excited about because, you know, that's when we know whether, okay, this, this group can do it. They can they can push through. Um, so, but in season, I think we have done a good job. It's why we never ended up in those tailspins, right? Because you got to be able to get out of them in a hurry because they can snowball. And we didn't never used injuries as an excuse. Uh, whatever this case was, it was, you know, they hear next man up, but for us it was we're still good no matter who's in or who's out um, and I think we played like that in that stretch in New York right before the break um, and even those games I thought we were close and it showed coming out of the break how close we were.
4: You just said you find out if this group can do it do you think this group can do it?
6: I do I do obviously the other seven teams in the west are going to have something to say about that and one in the east so um, at the end of the day I do and but I said, we got to, can't get ahead of ourselves. That's just what I feel. And, and, and part of that is what I've observed for 82 games or 81 and then what they've done in the past. They've had some runs. So uh, why not us again this year? With
5: that said, in terms of characteristics or skill or talent, or anything, do you see any commonalities between this and your 19 final team in Boston?
6: Oh, I have to think that one through. I think that team in Boston had, uh, Tuca was our goal. He'd been around a long time uh, and been through it. We don't have that luxury at that position right now, except for Jonathan Quick, so he could become that guy. So, But that's a little bit of an intangible right now. Um, I saw good team defense, solid decor. Um, I think most good teams, all good teams starts there. And the forwards might argue with me about, you know, well, they got a score, but most teams have that solid decor that can hold up every night to the physicality. Uh, and I think we have that, well, again, time will tell.
1: I gotta say, I'm with Bruce on that. Uh, solid decor gives you a foundation for which to work with. Uh, the other side can work. You can have high-end talent and and not the best uh, blue line, but there's it always feels like you're you're living on the edge with, with that approach. <laughs> uh, if you ask any coach, any coach, they will take that blue line and goaltending, and then filter it up uh, up front and and find the goals uh, from there uh, keeping the puck out it's just just the way coaches uh are, are brought up and the golden knights arguably the best depth in, in the national hockey league on their blue line
2: yeah i i agree with that 100 percent. i think for the golden knights their strength has been their blue line it's been their defensemen. it's been their ability to kind of limit chances going back the other way and and you know, that's what I, I really do feel has allowed them to win 50 games this year. Even through the injuries, the, the Golden Knights have been able to kind of lean on that structure and lean on that identity, and they've done it to great success.
1: But there, there's a lot of different ways to spin that. Uh, with You have a, a solid line core uh, and how much it can influence your lineup. But just look at the, the numbers. Uh, when this team has its starting six together and going, uh, dominant dominant right there with the boston bruins this year uh with that record with that starting six uh, in in the line now che theodore's missed time a couple of uh uh occasions uh zach whitecloud's missed time a couple of occasions uh, is out right now uh alex Petr- petrangelo uh missed uh two and a half weeks uh around thanksgiving and into december like they've they've had stretches where they're they're uh there's big players uh, on that blue line haven't been around and ben hutton has come in 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 the last uh, three weeks and done a great job uh for this team but you've also had uh contributions from daniel mirmanov uh and and we saw the offensive uh uh surge that he gave this team uh certainly on the power play uh brayden paul uh has uh has done a, a really jo- good job Keegan korzak uh, as well getting his uh his his feet wet but uh but the the analytics and, and analytics can be fancy stats or they can be just plain old wins and losses. The wins and losses when this team's got a starting six in the lineup is one of the best in the National Hockey League and they're going to get one of those starting six back with Shea Theodore. I wasn't sure whether he was going to go in. Uh, I know he practiced yesterday, uh, but he practiced in that blue non-contact jersey. Uh, that uh, obviously... Uh, gave them an idea of what he can do and where he can uh, contribute. Uh, but still, uh, going from a non-contact jersey uh, on an optional skate and into the lineup for the final game of the regular season, uh, that, that's a big jump. And they have looked at this and, and examined it and think that the, uh, uh, any risk is, is minimal. And I think that's so big, just, just for Shea, to have, just to have a, a go-around uh, on the ice tonight in a game uh, in and in a rink that he loves, by the way. Absolutely that eats it uh, up uh, in Seattle uh, during the last two years. But getting, getting a game under his belt before Monday or Tuesday is huge.
2: Yeah, I agree 100. percent I think for Shea Theodore, um, and it's kind of exactly what Bruce Cassidy said there, right? It's just kind of shaking off the rust, getting the the first you know, uh, tw- fifteen eighteen minutes uh, back under your belt in a game that is going to be intense, and that you are playing another playoff. Well, game see how his body reacts too.
1: Line. See how he, how he reacts. Uh, what what he's dealing with. Uh, how how does that respond to to game action?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's you you get into the game, you get to to knock off some of that rust, and you get to see how things kind of progress from there for Shea Theodore. But at least you're doing it in a situation where you're you're not in playoff games. You get to ramp up to that intensity as as much as you can through this this grace game, so to speak. And you know, in in that regard, I think there's a lot of positive to pull through for Shea Theodore. Get out there. Get into you know some of those reads and some of those plays that you want to make and then see how your body responds after.
1: I mentioned the fact that uh, Bruce Cassidy has got some history on his side, uh, back-to-back years, winning 50 games, uh, but with two different teams, and he's the only guy to do it. Uh, Gary Lawless, uh, during the conversation, uh, said that it's a small list. It's a really short list. Uh, one, and that's it. Uh, the only... The other one that I could think of that had the potential, and I've been racking my brain since the other night uh, when they hit the 50-win campaign, and Gary and I were, were throwing this around on live TV and couldn't come up with any names, and there wasn't any other names, but the, in in doing some, some subsequent research, uh, Mike Keenan, back in 1994... Uh, with the New York Rangers, won 52 games, also won the Stanley Cup that year, but won 52 games. And that was a bizarre off season in which he left the New York Rangers and uh, mm-hmm. was was uh, found guilty of uh, negotiating uh, while he was still under contract with the Rangers, uh, <laughs> w- went over to the St. Louis Blues, but wasn't able to win 50 again because there was a work stoppage uh and uh and yeah. so he was uh, not given the 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 runway that that Bruce Cassidy uh was so th- th- there's another one it's surprise departure because you don't you got to figure out what led like what caused a guy to be available the next year to win 50 games with another team. And uh, for the Boston Bruins they made a coaching change, uh, surreal as that uh, uh, sounds, and uh, and uh, Bruce Cassidy is in and then wins back-to-back uh, 50 uh, games in a National Hockey League season. So really cool and uh, makes us uh, think about the history of the game. Now uh, from winning uh, 50 games in back-to-back seasons to uh, making your first ever appearance in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that's going to happen. We don't know whether Vegas is going to open Monday or Tuesday. We'll know more about that in the next 36 hours as the matchups become solidified Uh, but they're going to open at home and Jack Eichel is going to play his first ever Stanley Cup playoff game. Uh, Ray Ferrero is the lead NHL analyst on ESPN. He joined me on the Chirp podcast yesterday and we uh, bandied about a bunch of situations one of them was jack and ray scored 400 goals plus in the national hockey league and i wanted to know from ray who's been through all of it and then watched a lot of it as the lead analyst on uh uh, the national hockey league uh for a couple of different networks uh what jack is going to experience in game number one jack eichel's going to play in the playoffs for the first time what do you
5: expect early on i expect he's going to try to do too much by himself because he's just going to be fired up like the first 15 minutes. I think (laughs) the puck's going to be glued to his stick whenever he has it. And he's not going to see anything. And he's going to be, you know, "Ah, I got, you know, he's going to be (laughs) so pumped and then he'll settle in. He's an incredible talent that play. I, I think this is the, the reason Jack gets criticized as he might is because everything he does looks so lackadaisical easy. People can tell you a hundred times what it's like to do something, but you need to experience it. And this is the next stage of the season where the pace grows, right? There's training camp, there's the preseason games, there's the regular season games, there's after Christmas, there's after the all-star break when you're right into the, you know, the rush to the playoffs, and then there's the playoffs. And he'll get that, and he'll learn that no matter who tells him what, like he's, he's going to slow down and he'll find two back checkers run him right over because they're coming back a hundred miles an hour. Cause every puck is the most important puck you'll compete for until the next one. And it's not like that in the season, you lose a puck and you're like, yeah, you know, I mean, you want to win the battle, but you're like, eh, you know, and in the playoffs, you lose that battle and you feel like you feel something different. And, and it's, the, it's the coolest thing. I think he'll be fine. I don't, I don't really sweat it, but I think the first little bit's gonna be overwhelming uh, as he tries to do everything at once.
1: How awesome is that? Uh, from Ray Ferrero, the lead analyst on ESPN, uh, joining me on the Chirp Podcast uh, yesterday, running through uh, all the different scenarios that uh, that we're going to experience uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup Playoffs, and that one right there uh, is uh, high on a lot of people's lists. Seeing Jack Eichel perform on this stage for the first time, and uh, and I think I think Ray is right in the money when it comes to uh, a situation where. Uh, like it's he's going to want to make that impact Uh, we talked yesterday about how jack loves that stage he's going to want to make his mark uh, on that stage and it might be 15 minutes before before he truly settles into the game
2: yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how that uh progresses for jack because I, i think everything ray said is is right on the money and go figure he's 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 one of the best in the business for a reason you're you're going to get a player in Jack Eichel who's amped up and wants to make some plays he wants to be a difference maker and once you are able to see it for the first time then you can start to adjust you can start to kind of settle in and, and I think for Jack Eichel the adjustment period is going to be the most interesting factor of that first game in the playoffs.
1: Uh, Jack, uh, Lauren Brassois, there's a few different areas that uh, we're going to keep an eye on uh, going into the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs with this very experienced Golden Knights team, but with a few different tweaks to it from the last time that we saw the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup playoffs and making that deep run. Uh, And uh, in between Jack and Lauren is uh, uh, some very accomplished players and a whole lot of depth uh, to go through uh, what, uh, what, They've done uh, getting Shea Theodore is uh, going to be uh, huge, and then I, I'm just uh, uh, more interested to see how the narrative is going to change depending on who they play, uh, who they end up drawing in in that first round series.
2: In in terms of the narrative, I think that for the Golden Knights, it, it it's going to be one of those situations where you get back into the playoffs. There are going to be, and and you know I think rightfully so when you talk about Jack Eichel first run in the in the playoffs, Lorenz Rosu prohibitive number one starter at least to start for the Golden Knights. Um, what's it going to look like? How are the Golden Knights going to respond in in their first playoff action in in two seasons? I think that's going to be interesting. But you know I also look at it, and for me, I think the Golden Knights are one of the deepest teams in the Western Conference. I think they're one of the deepest teams going in the playoffs, and I think that depth that has propelled them all season long when matched up against any team they play against is going to come out on the other side.
1: There are a couple of different stories that uh, we're not going to get to today because we're just uh, short uh, half an hour of our show. So uh, I want to make sure that uh, that you know that we're aware, obviously, of Jonathan Taves. Uh, is done with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's playing his uh, final game tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into all that uh, Tomorrow uh, on the VGK Insider Show, we'll have, uh, obviously, uh, time to reflect on what happens tonight and where the Vegas Golden Knights uh, end up in the Pacific Division, the Western Conference, and uh, then uh, who the matchup is going to be. So uh, a whole bunch uh, to get to tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show. I uh, should tell you, Vegas needs a point out of tonight, mm-hmm. and they clinch the Pacific Division uh that's also uh, would be moot if the Edmonton Oilers lost uh, to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen, uh, as the Oilers have an early 2 nothing advantage on the uh, the Sharks. Uh, that game's in Edmonton. Matias Janmark and Leon Dreisidel scoring Dreisidel with his 52nd goal of the season. So uh, Vegas is watching that. Uh, now an hour, uh, a little bit, uh, before they go out and start uh, their game against Seattle. And uh, the back and forth. The pressure has been exchanged between these two clubs down the stretch. Uh, looks like it's going to be back on the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, for Ryan Wallace, uh, Chris Chapman, uh, thanks for listening to the BGK Insider Show. Uh, tomorrow we'll preview uh, round number one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but up next, previewing tonight's game.